Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show and this is the Octoberthon. The Octoberthon, you ask? Well, it's October, it's Halloween month. We do a lot of episodes, we're cranking them out almost daily, basically. Is this, this what happens? This is what we do, because things are mad. Um, does it look like summer's still outside? It does, because Tim's getting married in October, so we're recording a bunch in advance, but that doesn't matter You're welcome. You. Yes, yes, you are welcome. Absolutely. Um, and my, my cat Firefly is jumping up in my lap, which is notable for this, because there were some kittens uh, in the opening scenes of, of oh. this film. Uh, but yes, we are going to be talking about Nosferatu the Vampire, a.k.a. Nosferatu Phantom Dernacht, a.k.a. Nosferatu Phantom of the Night. Mm. In short, we're talking about the Werner Herzog-directed German Nosferatu film starring Klaus Kinski as Count Dracula. So, we're doing this one. Uh, we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do, and we will give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. And that's, what we're, that's how we're going to roll. So, yes. Tim, had you seen this before? <laughs> Was this the first time watch for you? Uh, second time, actually. I saw it once before. I want to say maybe three or four years ago uh they're actually showing um a print of it at a like a small independent theater out here so i got to see it on a not a not a huge screen it, <laughs> it was a big screen but like you know it's like a small independent theater not like a yeah, big yeah. imax thing but yeah um uh, but no that yeah that was actually my first time a couple years ago so this was only my second cool um i i saw this for the first time in high school um i i believe it was in a box set, a DVD box set at the time, called The Box of Blood. And it was like all vampire <laughs> okay. movies. It was I an like Anchor this. Bay box set. Anchor Bay put out The Box of Blood. And it was oh, Nosferatu, nice. I think Daughters of Darkness was it, were in there. Um, I can't remember, there was like five or six movies. I think there was a couple of other, There was a Lance Henriksen one that was really dirt cheap. One of these cheap <laughs> movies from the early okay. 2000s. Uh, but the reason why this was notable is because the cover, the slip cover at the front had like a plastic pouch with fake blood in it so the cover actually had like blood you could squish oh i, I think i remember that or yeah. if it wasn't specifically that i definitely remember like a gimmick like that uh on a movie all right that's pretty cool yeah so that was in the box of blood so and this this was the highlight of that of that said box this was the, the <laughs> it sounds like it <laughs> the, the, the 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 crown jewel uh what was the other thing that was in there oh i think near dark was in there as well but i, I think that was a double okay. dip i think i already own near dark because near dark's fantastic and uh but i said no i'm still gonna get the box set because i want to see these other movies um i, I do kind of miss uh some of those like gimmicky like boxes or you know cases that they would do i, I guess we still get them from time to time but yeah i feel like it's not as much or if it is it's always like some huge expensive like $300 special edition of something that's like well I don't need to have a blu-ray set that looks like pinhead's head or something like yeah <laughs> I, I think we are of a generation that have a particular fondness of the dvd boom of the early 2000s where they were just yeah. churning out so many movies and for all the time great editions obviously now it's like no nah, i want i want hd but now, did you have uh, a it's so stupid looking back on it now but um the I, I feel like kind of like the horror fan staple uh, for like a lot of people in my high school was the the boogeyman dvd did, or was it boogeyman i don't know if you had that it was like um basically just clips of like you know all the different like horror icons like jason freddy you know pinhead and oh, no. I, I think like i never saw this it, 
it was just like a compilation DVD that, that they might have. I forget maybe if they had bios on them, but then they would just show like a couple of kills from them or something. It's just a, <laughs> just like a weird DVD relic that I'm like, oh, like, yeah, yeah they don't really like do stupid stuff like this anymore. I have to admit, I'm not upset they don't do compilation things anymore because I, I, I hate yeah. them with a passion. They're so pointless. Oh, sure. Um, I remember, like, after, you know, the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer, all, all the DVD sets came out of all the seasons, which, you know, great. Uh, but afterwards, they did this weird thing where it was like, here's a single-disc DVD of four episodes that feels Xander-focused. Oh. And it's like, what's yeah. the point of this? What? Who's, who's I, like, I want to watch four random episodes. Like, piss <laughs> off. I, I feel like they would do that with, like, uh, I guess, like, similar, like, stuff, like, with X-Files, you know, where they would have, like, oh, here's all, like, the mythology episodes on one disc or something, or... Here's, here's four episodes about ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> have the ghost disc. It's like, piss <laughs> off. The one I think maybe disc. the one thing I, I think that could possibly get away with that is, um, and, and I don't even think they did this, like, you know, for, you know, that long or something, but they might have put out... Uh, like a compilation of the Simpsons Treehouse of Terror episodes, which mm. that I can kind of see because that's like, uh, first of all, I think it was kind of before they were on, full seasons were on DVD, but also like, all right, those are different enough that, you know, if you're in the mood and you want to watch like all just the Halloween episodes, I'm like, okay, that's decent enough. But yeah, it's obviously it's just to make money, <laughs> like with all these things. Yeah, interestingly, just because of the Simpsons, I believe they eventually stopped doing DVDs for them. Like I think they hit like season yeah. like twenty or whatever. I was like, yeah, we're not gonna do these anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just recently. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it was kind of like people were pretty upset about that because if I know the story correctly, I think they already had like um, did commentaries and stuff for them, and then they just decided not to oh. release it. And people were like, oh, what the hell? But then I think they did like, all right, well, we're, we'll release this last one, and then <laughs> I think like, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if. Uh, most Simpsons fans I know like aren't even, yeah. you know, if you're just, buying them at that point, it's for the collection. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like it's just it's just frustrating that the show's still going, but they've decided the formats are defunct now for for yeah. that for it. So they're like, no, nah, we're not going to do it anymore. But anyway, that, this is all a bit of a tangent. The point being is that Nosferatu, I I saw for the first time in high school uh, from this DVD box set, um, and loved it, loved it. I, this is my first Herzog movie, first Kinski movie. I was kind of like, whoa, this is. This is great. Um, and I think it might have been just before, actually, I read Dracula for the first time um, okay. in high school. Um, so I'll just get the question out of the way just now before we start talking about it. But, Tim, do, do you enjoy Nosferatu? <laughs> Move my cat out of the way. <laughs> um, I, I, I do, yeah. Um, it's, man, it's like, uh, it, it's really haunting, I, I think, just the, uh, like, you know, just... Uh, you know the like the style of it and stuff and like honestly there's not really much to say like kind of like plot wise I, I think like what's really enjoyable about this is you know just like a lot of the you know like set pieces and just how it looks and yeah it's the, the, it's the imagery it's the haunting music it's, yeah. it's got this very uh sort of monastery kind of main theme that kind of comes in and uh very gothic and it, it, it works and yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just the story of Dracula. It's, you know, Jonathan Harker goes off to, to Count Dracula in Transylvania to, you know, get him to sign the papers for a house that he wants to buy in the city. Uh, in this case, it's a German city, obviously, because it's a German film. And Which I just think it's like, it, it, it's kind of dawned on me while I was watching this. So I just think it's kind of funny that, like, oh, yeah, like, Dracula just opens with, like, 
you know, this monster wanting to buy a house. Like, <laughs> that's kind of like the opening plot of it. Like, you don't really see that a lot in the other horror movies. Like, there's never anything about, like, Michael Myers having to sign an apartment lease or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It makes sense, though, because he, he clearly wants to move to a populated yeah, area yeah. so you can feed and, and, and whatnot. And I think one of the things that separates, not, not only just this one specifically, but also the original silent 1922 Nosferatu, is that they keep Dracula looking a bit more... Uh, like he's described in the book, which is more monstrous. Like he's, he's not the suave, Bela Lugosi, yeah. like, you know, fancy, fancy man. Like he 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 looks disgusting, <laughs> and that's kind of the point. Like immediately he looks like monstrous. Uh, it's like, yeah, okay. like there, yeah, like there's no way like in the yeah Bela Lugosi like Dracula like you can kind of understand when you know harker kind of first arrives there it's like all right this dude's weird but like okay whatever like maybe he's just an eccentric rich guy like this it's kind of like as soon as you get there wouldn't you be like uh what is this weird like rat creature thing looks more rat like which is fitting because there's a lot of rats in this movie there's a lot of rats one of the things i like about it is just how how how, like almost apocalyptic it feels that the impact that he has when he gets gets to the city and like people just start dying and there's like coffins all over the place because people are dying and like and just dropping and there's rats everywhere it feels like he's actually brought the plague and that's actually what people think it is they think it's the plague yeah. <laughs> we're dying from um and i i love just this idea that like i feel like in other other dracula story or interpretations is like there's the threat of things going this bad that this evil will consume all if it's allowed to run rampant. In this movie, it like happens. Like you know, yeah. he's already like destroyed like half the people in the city by the time we get to you know the the, the conclusion. And the ending's obviously a lot more depressing and darker than most <laughs> adaptations of Dracula. Um, but this actually is probably my favorite adaptation of Dracula, and I think the reason why it's my favorite adaptation is because it, it it focuses more on capturing the mood and more on capturing the feeling of Dracula than it does the just all the plot. Because Dracula's a pretty big book. It's like 400, 500 pages. And <laughs> you think that's a big book. That's cute. It's big for a movie, <laughs> is what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm just joking, because I've been uh, you know uh, reading a lot of like Stephen King this year, and he has like a lot of like you know short stuff. But Oh, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Also... I'm, I'm, I'm well aware that it is like three times that size i'm not saying it's the biggest of the big books i'm saying it's meaty for an adaptation to a movie because you know two hours is not enough time to like do the whole book um which i think is proven with the francis ford coppola dracula uh bram stoker's dracula from the early 90s i that movie tries to incorporate all the plot and it does a lot of the plot beats but the problem i feel in that one is that it has to rush through it all so quick because it's trying to fit it all in that i think it loses all the tension it loses all the atmosphere um, and because of that, I actually hate that adaptation. I just I don't like it at all. Um, I I actually have kind of a, a fondness for it. it. It definitely has flaws, but um, there is a lot of stuff that I do like about it. Uh, I love Keanu, but man, he is just oh yeah. <laughs> that might be like the worst thing he's ever done. Oh yeah, this um, is a bad bad time for Keanu Reeves. And I, I like the Bela Lugosi the Gose one, and I like the Hammer Dracula. There's a lot of Dracula adaptations that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but this is the one that feels proper monstrous and proper atmospheric and to an extent I include the original 1922 silent film in that as well but um... Um, one th- one thing actually just before we kind of get off uh, the, the Coppola one uh, mm-hmm. I'm just very excited because I think actually this week uh, they're re-releasing in a very nice hardcover the um, comic book adaptation which uh, was dr- 
I I know it was completely drawn by Mike Mignola. I don't know if he wrote it as well. Like obviously, you know, he would have been working off the script, but he might have written and drawn it. But Which, uh, man, some case, gorgeous art in it. In case you don't understand why Tim's accepted by this, Mike Mignola <laughs> is the artist and creator of Hellboy, who Tim like worships like the play. He loves Hellboy. He's Hellboy yeah. mad. Um, I'm like uh, I'm basically like his Renfield. I'm just yes, <laughs> like yes. constantly just like eating comic book pages, waiting for the master <laughs> to <Yep>. come visit, <laughs> yep. laughing maniacally uh, between every word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sounds like Tim. Uh, so, which I you know interesting. We got a new Hellboy movie in January, Tim. If you can believe it. Where's the trailer? I I, I, I mean know, I believe it, but get, give it the trailer, man. I'm I'm kind of worried like that maybe they're gonna push it back or something. I need that trailer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm starting to think they might push it as well, given there's no trailer yet. It's weird. Uh, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll come out eventually, so I'm... New York you know, Comic Con, I guess, now? Yeah, actually, that's not a bad guess. Yeah, that would make sense. And then yeah. it's not too bad. I know it's October. It's horror-adjacent, so, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it'll be a good time to release it, so... Yeah, of Here's course, of course, you're watching or listening to this episode in October, so it may have already dropped the trailer by now, so this conversation may be completely yeah. redundant <laughs> by then. But... Uh, yeah, so, so no, this is haunting. It's got the atmosphere because, and there's, there's some changes that can like I don't I don't know why the the the, the female lead is named Lucy instead of Mina when in the book Mina's the main one and Lucy's kind of the friend. Whereas here, Mina's Harker's wife and Lucy's and or sorry, Lucy's Harker's wife and Mina's like the the just the a minor side like character. Like friend. Yeah. yeah. Um. That that's like what. To be fair, they're both pretty important I... in the book, but Mina's definitely the main one. Tim's wrestling with a cat, apparently. He's, I'm just, I'm just seeing him. He's trying to, he's trying to chew these wires, so I'm trying to get him. It's almost a catastrophe, people. If I can speak properly. Whereas Firefly just pushed my keyboard out of the way, and he's just lying on the desk. Like, yes, I'm, I'm taking this spot, regardless of how inconvenient it is for everyone else. Yes. What are you saying, Timmy? <laughs> oh, now she's yelling. I feel bad. Um... I don't remember. <laughs> oh my what, god! What I, was oh my, I was stalling so you could come back with your point, and I think I think you were talking. I don't think I was saying anything. <laughs> oh, I passed it over to you. You were you were going to do something. Well, no, they, I only mentioned because uh, you're, you're talking about uh, why they changed uh, Mina to Lucy, yes, and that was it. Yes. yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any insight? Do you have an opinion on the matter? Uh no, but uh, have you now? Have you seen the original like 1922 Nosferatu? Yes. I, I don't know if um, I don't know if there were any changes in that. That I don't know. Maybe if they're trying to pay homage to like that and Dracula or something. Maybe. Um, uh, it's been a while since I've watched that. I can't yeah. remember. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Lucy in that as well. If it, it feels like something that I feel like a few adaptations have done where they make Lucy the main one. I don't know if it's just because they like the name Lucy more. Um. Possibly. Uh, but it's not, it's not so much that the characters feel like exactly like the characters from the book. It's not like the plot's exactly the same, but it captures the mood. It captures the dread. Because one of the things I love about yeah. the book and Dracula is the dread. And the other thing that you get a little bit of is the idea, because the book's all told, if you've not, if you're not read Dracula, the book's all told through like journal entries and diary entries and occasionally it'll be like a newspaper article. But it's never just like, here's a narrator narrating the story. It's always like the journal after the fact. In fact, it's where the when I first read it, I remember thinking, oh, this reminds me of Resident Evil, because in Resident Evil you find, like, files and stuff, and you read diary entries of, like, people who lived in the mansion that, that died via zombies, you know, itchy, tasty, all that stuff. <laughs> um, and I, I have to imagine that, you know, like, I'm not saying Dracula invented that, but 
Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that you know it didn't help popularize uh, specifically for horror stories the the, the effect of what, what that has and um, yeah. one of my favorite Car- chapters. Uh, Carrie's, uh... I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say one of my favorite what? chapters in the book is when Dracula's on the boat being transported to to the to the city. Um, the 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 diary of the captain of the ship is particularly good and there's a little bit of that in this where you get to see him writing his diary and you get the implications of what are happening in the book it's like a you know it's a long chapter like you know you know crew are dying left and right we don't know what's going on and obviously dracula is basically just murdering everyone in the ship on the way to the city it's great but it's just again it's super like no he's he's, he's going to cause chaos if he gets back uh, yeah you know it's that dread it's great yeah uh, I, I was just going to say, uh, it reminds me a lot of the Stephen King book, Carrie, because uh, they incorporate a lot of, like, um, interviews and, like, um, you know, uh, like, police reports and stuff like that into the uh, narrative, but uh, so it's interesting. It's kind of weird that in the few adaptations of that, I've never felt the, the impact or the inspiration of that element. Yeah, I kind of thought, like, the it, it's a very simple book, and... The movie is pretty faithful. The original is pretty faithful for the most part. So I don't really know why they needed to do the um, uh, the remake. And I think the one thing I was thinking of is like, oh, I guess maybe you can do more with that format. If like, not like I want like a found footage movie, but you could incorporate like some elements like that. Maybe if you wanted to make it more interesting. But I don't. I saw it once, in, in the, but I don't think they incorporated like too much of that into it. Yeah, you could maybe maybe do like a fake documentary style version of yeah. Carrie. Yeah, to to sort of mimic that. I don't know, uh, but yeah. So yeah, one one of the things that's great about this movie is just like the visuals, like uh, Harker's journey to to the castle, like his 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 horseback ride, then he's he's walk from the because the, the town won't give him a carriage or anything like that. They're like, no, no, <laughs> we, we ain't going anywhere near that freaky ass castle. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are, <laughs> they are superstitious. So. <laughs> oh yeah, they're superstitious as shit for for totally good reason. They don't want to go up there. Um, they need a Belmont. <coughs> oh, pardon me, Dracula. Oh, Dracula got me in the night, and I'm hitting. <laughs> mm. uh, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I don't know if I'm not like super well versed uh, on Herzog. Uh, like, really, my first exposure to him was uh, Grizzly Man. Uh, and hmm. I I always kind of thought of him more as like a you know documentarian, and I I can almost get kind of like a documentary vibe from this. Like uh, I don't know, just in some of the way ways like it you know it looks like it. I can almost get kind of like a, a yeah, vibe. When he's uh, walking up to the castle and he's going through caves and there's like waterfalls and there's like you know it's very, it's very pretty and very you know the yeah. hunting music playing as he's making his journey. Yeah, it feels like very mood setting. There's like a lot of like you know um, a lot of like focus on like animal shots and stuff. Yeah, like, well, you see like. A, a big part of Herzog, um, and I don't think him was he's done, he's done a few big documentaries, but I I think of him still as a filmmaker, uh, you know, in traditional film first because he's done a lot of film. Um, if I, I I do I was talking about I got this originally in a box set called Box of Blood. I was watching the Blu-ray of this now from a Werner Herzog box set, which was just Werner Herzog films. <laughs> and you know it's it's got um you know Fitzcarraldo and uh, Aguirre the Wrath of God and you know his other films and. Bad Lieutenant, hopefully. Does it have that one? Because that's you know, it's, it's all of his older films. Uh, I do. Have, I have Bad Lieutenant though on its own because Bad Lieutenant's very very good. Uh, but what, one of the running themes of Herzog is uh, man versus nature. Uh, that, that's kind of Agrieri's definitely that theme. Um, you've definitely got 
uh, Fitzcarraldo's that theme. It's trying to move a ship through land, like that. You know, it's them trying to survive in the jungle while they're doing that. Um, even uh, the Christian Bale one that he did, uh, Rescue Dawn, about ten or so years ago. Even that's. I mean, it's it's about prison, a, a, a you know, a war camp, and this pilot's been held held captive. But even that's got this element of survival and trying to like survive through the conditions. Um, even if it's a bit more man-made, and I think even in Nosferatu, there is an element of, uh, like nature made this thing. Whatever he is, nature made him, and he, you know, we all have to kind of try and survive through it. Like, is it? Is there's definitely a survival feel to most of Herzog's movies, and sometimes it's more focused on just nature in itself and the harshness of it, and uh, sometimes it's a bit more obviously like this where there's like an actual monster, but um, it's definitely a running Herzog thing. Is is, mm-hmm. is that? Uh, so it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he's also into making documentaries about bears and shit because because i mean this is <laughs> a big part of his movies is, is like the idea of fighting yeah. nature and surviving it so makes sense to me yeah no yeah you definitely like see this uh see that in this movie um yeah i'm trying to think it's uh <laughs> uh I don't know. I feel like maybe it's almost like a little hard to talk about again because, like, obviously, like you know, the plot, like, there's nothing like, you know, big you really need to mention, uh, you know, standard Dracula and stuff. But so much of it is just like outside of the ending. I'd say the ending's different. Okay, fair, yeah. Um, but yeah, like so much of it is just the yeah, like you're saying, like the mood setting, the atmosphere, uh, you know, really plays with that and the yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very slow paced as well. Of course, there's a lot of shadows. There's a lot of like just yeah. shots of the city, shots of buildings, shots of um, you know. So because because his journey to the castle is is very like lots of these long shots of just walking through wilderness and kind of the 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 the, the harsh reality of it, I guess. But yeah. it it feels like he's going to like into no man's land almost. Yeah, like if um, like I don't, I feel like it's not really like a complaint or anything, but like maybe it might be like uh, perceived as one. But uh, it is a definite movie that you have to be in the mood for. Like it's mm. not like because uh, yeah, it is it is like a slow burn, but not in a boring way. Like it doesn't feel like it's dragged. Because even if it is maybe like kind of slow, again, it's just like you know it, it just looks real good or sounds real good or like you know there's usually something that you know can keep your attention but uh yeah it's definitely not something i feel like you know i could just throw on like you know at, at any time like oh yeah just <laughs> like watch or just throw on <laughs> no it's, yeah it's, it's definitely a bit heavier than 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 like the most easy to watch horror movies where you just throw them in yeah or even just most vampire movies which are <laughs> you know usually a bit more uh, I don't know, popcorny, I guess. <laughs> Where, yeah. Whereas this does definitely treat it a little bit more serious. This treats it a bit more like a yeah. a, a film, a, a you know, a cinematic yeah, experience, if you will. Yeah. It's definitely not a yeah. It's not like Dracula two thousand or something. Oh God, no! And I'm <laughs> thankful for that because Dracula two thousand was a rough watch, from what I recall. It's been a long time, and I'd like to keep yeah. it that way, if you don't mind. Um. We'll probably have to do it at some point. <laughs> oh God, don't say that. Terry. Don't say that. Terry. That'll be that'll be bad Dracula month. All the bad Dracula movies. What what watch that? Watch Dracula Dead and Loving It. Watch Dracula Untold. Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, that wasn't Dracula, right? But I mean, yeah, fair, uh, fair inclusion. Yeah. Fair inclusion. Yes, also terrible. Uh yeah. dear. Uh, so 
I, I think one thing you have to mention as well, watching this, is uh, Klaus Kinski playing Nosferatu, oh, sure. playing playing Count Dracula. Um, so like, what's the deal with him and Herzog? Like, don't, don't they like hate each other or something, or like, don't they have like a weird relationship? They've had a weird relationship. Um, is that a love hate relationship? They they constantly yeah. work together, and Herzog, I'm sure, was sick of dealing with Kinski's shit. Kinski was a weirdo. Kinski was um, like you know there was reports from like Aguirre, uh, Wrath of God, where he he tried to shoot an extra. Uh, oh, at one point um, <laughs> okay. there were, I remember hearing stories at one point of Kinski, I used to go to ha- hang out outside high school to try and pick up girls Like he is a Ugh. weirdo he, he is a bonafide weirdo but that's why he's kind of great in the movies that he's in because he's oh, yeah. always playing like crazy characters and he fits <laughs> in it so well um, he, he just blends into Dracula in this, he's just yeah. that's him, he's there uh, and that's funny because uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, obviously it's not based on this movie, but the original Nosferatu, uh, the uh, what what I consider a, a very good underrated movie, uh, Shadow of the Vampire, where mm. uh, they have the based on the original Nosferatu and the guy that played uh, was it Max Schreck who played the original uh, Count right. Warlock, yeah. Um, and yeah, how he was like just way into into character and like was freaking everyone out on set. Yeah, it's worth so, mentioning. Interesting. I mean, it says Dracula. Like, oh, my subtitle said Dracula in this, and I'm pretty sure they were saying Dracula out loud as well. Like, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Um, they they do mention this uh, it, as Dracula, and then, um, but yeah, the what I kind of assumed is this is probably a mix, a little bit of you know taking kind of mixing Dracula with the original Nosferatu, which I mean, really, that's just supposed to be uh, Dracula anyway. They just changed it to try to not get sued, which they still did. Um, uh, but... Yeah, although I'm assuming that by the time this was made, that Dracula was just public domain. Oh yeah, at this point, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence but why it, they could just is... use Dracula and Van Helsing and whoever else they wanted without caring. It, it, it's kind of weird because yeah, I do think about Dracula as being this big public domain character who's been in like so many different things, and then um, it, it, I think it was actually recently I was listening to some stuff about the the lawsuit between yeah the original dracula and nosferatu and it's fun obviously that was way back in the day but it's funny just to think like oh there's a time where like <laughs> dracula wasn't like public domain and someone was like suing for the rights That's yeah i mean funny. 1922 i mean i mean yeah. what was that like how was dracula written it was the late 19th uh, century le- i can't exactly yeah i think late 1800s i'm not sure the exact date but yeah uh yeah. but still relatively new at the time i guess yeah <laughs> relatively uh so um yeah so Kinski Kinski's great Kinski's weird and everything uh, it is interesting how some of the characters are a little bit different Van Helsing of course is skeptical in this usually Van Helsing's the one who believes in vampires and he's trying to convince everyone that they exist here he's like nah don't, don't be silly Lucy there's no such thing as vampires uh so that's a little bit of a change as well against that uh, actually I really like the guy who plays Renfield oh yeah he's really good yeah, which is funny because at the start of the movie he's clearly already like under under Dracula's spell, and they never actually explain like did he already go out and visit him or like what or is Dracula just doing this from a distance like they never explain that. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the, um, I don't know what you call them, but the I, I guess like the good guys stuff it feels like it's downplayed a, a little bit in this movie. Like I feel like other versions like. Uh, there may be a, a bit more of a focus and I feel like, yeah, you don't really see them as much in this. What do you mean? The good guys? Like Van Helsing? Yeah, stuff? Lo- yeah. yeah like Van Helsing and, and 
like them like i don't know it, it feels maybe like a little more uh like dracula focused and harker and, and stuff and and just kind of generally like looking at like the effects of the the town and everything yeah sure it goes from over to, it's less about like forming the plan to hunt the vampire and going after the vampire yeah. and, and whatnot which is a big part yeah. of the book but it, like like i maybe that's what i'm getting at it's like you don't really get that kind of scene where like everyone comes together and they're like here's what's going on and here's what we need to do to stop it you know like it, it feels like more you just kind of drop into them from time to time and it seems like they're kind of you know like already like halfway through like mm. you know maybe a conversation or kind of like a plan or something yeah, I mean, it's a big part of the book, and obviously I always talk about it in horror movies, I like the characters to be proactive, and that does happen here to a point. There's a, This story ultimately in this movie is a tragedy um, about how Lucy chooses to deal with, with Nosferatu, because that's the thing, at the start of the movie, Lucy's just this like damsel who faints at the first sign of trouble, like, oh no, Jonathan, don't go, I've got a bad feeling about this, not, uh, this uh, you know Transylvania trip, and then later on she just faints left and right. But ultimately, she is the one who has the agency who ultimately fights back. She's ultimately the one who who deals with this, the situation. She's the one who believes that it's going on and no one else believes her. And um, she, she, she like has probably the closest thing to an arc uh, in, in the movie, uh, as, as does Lucy. So there is definitely pro- proactive elements in this one. It's still there. It feels more futile. Like everything feels very futile. It feels like that if she's going to succeed, she's going to scrape by no more, and mm. that that's it. As opposed to feeling super powerful, like, oh, let's get a bunch of weapons and let's try and kill the vampire. It's not that type yeah. of movie. Yeah. Do you want to like? I guess kind of leaning into it a little bit. Do you want to start to go into spoilers? Yeah, we can go spoilers. So full spoilers from this point on for mm. for Nosferatu. To yeah, because to just to kind of. Yeah, play off the you know that point you're saying is uh, yeah it does feel very bleak and like even like the ending it doesn't really feel like you know like they won <laughs> like yeah I mean Lucy does win Lu- Lucy achieves what she set it to yeah. do she she reads the, the the vampire book that the one of the gypsies gave Harker and it's like you know the you know first sunlight will kill him and uh, you know a pure woman might be able to like you know withhold him for for some time and she actually like lures him into her bedroom because earlier on he like comes to her and it's actually one of the only scenes in the movie where you see the whole like the mirror like the no reflection because you just see the door shut behind her in, the, as he in his shadow yeah. so that, that's like a, a great scene like just the there's a couple of instances in this where you know uh just the not not to sound like a <laughs> douchebag I don't know, film student or something but like just like oh man like the framing and, and stuff in some of these sequences are just so good like tim you don't sound like a douchebag because you're talking about framing we're talking about movies framing is important <laughs> yeah but sometimes when people talk like that you just kind of you know just want to pull up their underwear and <laughs> put it over their head or something i don't know <laughs> one more word and we're talking about aspect ratios for the next 10 minutes <laughs> oh dear lord <laughs> So, yeah. So no. So she, So he, he comes in earlier on, and he, he wants love because that's the other thing this movie does. It kind of it tries to play the loneliness of, of of Dracula, where he he is like eternally lonely, and he it's almost like he hates being immortal. There's definitely this sadness to him, mm-hmm. uh, but he wants love from Lucy. Like he actually signs the papers to to like move here as soon as he sees a picture of Lucy. He's like, oh, that's near where you live. She's there. Oh, I'll sign. Yeah. And that's basically <laughs> the scene. And she lures him into the bedroom at the end and he feeds on her she sacrifices herself knowing that it'll kill her to just trick him into staying there until day breaks and then you know he you know suddenly hits him and he dies and then van helsing 
finds this and is like, oh, I finally believe her. This is real. I must get a stake and make sure he's definitely dead. And he gets a big stake and kills her. But it's at this point where Harker, who, you know, he gets bit earlier on in the castle, and he's still himself at that point, and he sees him leaving. He sees he sees Dracula just picking up coffins, like coffins and coffins, <laughs> and putting them onto <laughs> a cart. And he's like, I need to get back to the city. I need to get back and save Lucy. Lucy's in trouble. And he gets back to the town, and then he gets, like, you know, uh, the, the horse, and he travels back. But along the way, he becomes sick. And it's obviously to us, we're like, okay, I, I bet he's becoming a vampire because he's been bit. And at the end of the movie, so he gets back, and he, he has no memory of who anyone is. And he's kind of sickly and just sort of lying there most of the, like, the, the back half of the movie. Until the very end, when he stands up, and he get, he's, Lucy's put, like, a circle around him of, like... Uh, Usually it's salt, but I think in this oh. case it may have been garlic or something like that because it was okay. just because it looked like that more than anything else. But yeah. he gets the maid to like remove the circle, and he gets out, and he tells the authorities that Van Helsing has murdered Count Dracula, and they yeah. arrest they arrest Van Helsing and take him away. Not that there's any police left because they're all dead, but they take him away, and then Harker's like. I have much to do. And he's got the big nails, he's got the big long <laughs> teeth, and he rides off in a black yeah. cloak and a horse. And it's like, huh. So even though the, she defeated Dracula, the vampire lives on. Yeah. And, like, you know, doom and gloom. We're still depressed. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a, a great <laughs> ending. Like, obviously, you know, it's bleak and depressing, but... Uh, yeah, it's like really cool, and it, it fits like the you know sometimes I'm not always crazy about the you know super depressing ending and stuff, but it fits the you know overall tone of the mood, which is this kind of you know like tone yeah. of like despair and helplessness and just I mean, like yeah. Even earlier on in the boat, when you know it's like the 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 the, the, the captain's like writing about the, the crew going missing or dying of sickness, and we get to a point where we come back to him, and he's the only one left, and he actually ties himself uh, on the top of the boat with a rope. It's just so he's there, and it, the boat ends up drifting into the, the city, into the canal, with him just dead on top of the boat. And then, then like you know, the, the townspeople come and like check it out, and like, okay, what's this is weird, and then they think there might be a plague, so they all hide. And then, uh, you know, a couple of scenes later, we get to a point where Lucy's like walking through the middle of the city, and everyone's like not there. Like, there's boards up against the windows. There's like just like it's derelict. It's like almost post-apocalyptic. No one wants to come out because of the the plague they thinks there, and she obviously figures out it's because of the vampires, because of Dracula, and then there's a really depressing scene when she comes back through the through the the, the town square, and there's people like dancing and singing, and and, and I was really confused at first. I'm like, what's happening? Why are they all celebrating? And it turns out they all they they're all they all have the plague and they're all dying and they're just celebrating <laughs> the last day. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is this is depressing as shit. Um, <laughs> but it's this idea that Dracula like properly is full on evil. He is straight up like the Antichrist and he's bringing this this plague and this death with him. Um, and I, I'm obviously I'm, I'm sure the implication here is that he's actually feeding off a lot of these people as opposed to mm -hmm. just being you oh, yeah. know rats spreading the plague but he brings a lot of rats with him and there's a lot of rats kicking around he, yeah. and obviously his teeth are very rat like instead of traditional vampire teeth and and most of the uh, most of if not all of, of the rats are like uh, white right like uh, I think so yeah yeah which is just a um what's kind of interesting about this movie is um you know usually horror movies especially you know with vampires you know who only come out at night and stuff usually you know they tend to be like a lot darker and stuff and there's like a lot of stuff with this like in 
you know the daylight and it, it's never like super bright because it does feel like more of a you know dreary you oh know, yeah kinda, like setting but it's still like oh a lot of this stuff is happening during the day and um i don't know you, you get like a little bit more uh you know, you know less like shadowy darkness kind of stuff yeah it's kind of like um it's obviously dracula's not out and about during the day but it's kind of like during the day they're feeling the effects of whatever dracula's been doing yeah and they're trying to like figure out what, what's happening why is this and it's the idea of fearing nightfall fearing night coming like that that's kind of in there as well um this stuff was really effective uh uh for me too because i forget if we ever really talked about it on the show but like probably my biggest fear is rats like i i hate oh. rats so much there i just think they're so gross and disgusting and if you ever want to see me like jump up and scream uh you know just throw a rat my way but um challenge yeah, so like... accepted <laughs> uh, you dirty freak i bet you do like just have a bunch of rats running around your house <laughs> i got i got a big big furry creatures named cats but no rats no <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I absolutely hate rats. So like all this like imagery of like you know these big empty town squares with just these like I don't even know. It has to be like hundreds of thousands, well not hundreds of thousands, but like hundreds or thousands like of rats like just scurrying around. Especially when they're like you know all running around like the dinner table with food and stuff. And like I was like, oh, this is just so gross to me. Yeah, I, hate I mean, it. Th- this movie actually I think is probably a little bit more expensive than you think it would be just because when I yeah. actually stop and think about all the scenes of this, t- this this town covered in rats and then the fact that they, they had an actual ship that they were you know there's like an aerial shot at one point going around this ship and you can see it's the ship because the, the captain's like yeah. lying dead um, so I, I, you know it's it feels quite big in terms of production value for the type of movie that it is um, yeah. and the, the mood's off the charts uh, and the ending's bleak as shit um, and you've got this sadness from him and I think Lucy's an interesting character to a point because at the start, like I say, she's really scared and then over the course of the movie she realises that Jonathan comes back and he's just kind of almost a vegetable and he doesn't remember who she is and he was coming back to protect her because for the first half of the movie I think you could maybe like almost like be worried that it's going to be the, oh, the she's a damsel and all the men have to save her and that, that's going to be the story but ultimately when he can't do it she has to kind of step up and be like no, no, no I have to try and solve this problem. I need to try and save everyone, and mm-hmm. she she has to do it quite tragically, of course, by sacrificing herself. But um, she she does take the agency into her own hands. Uh, as bleak as it may be, it's the idea of she doesn't have a lot of good choices, but she still has a choice, and she makes the the, the noble one. So um, yeah, yeah, this, this yeah, um, but yeah, it's great. And then uh, one thing I really like about it too is it just feels very. Um, and again maybe this might be going back to you know uh what may like makes him also like a good you know documentarian and stuff is just a lot of the scenes feel very like lived in and like they're not overly like flashy or anything like a lot of stuff you know he'll just let like the the scenes play out and you know sometimes it does like feel a look like a little awkward like you know talking about before about how he's you know looking out the window and he sees him like lifting the coffins yeah you know and like it, like it's kind of awkward because you know even if he has all that strength like it's still like a weird big thing that you gotta you know pick up where like i feel like a modern movie would you know have some flashy close-up thing where you know he just kind of like hits it and like it flips in the air and falls onto the thing you know like some big overproduced thing like that but i like that you know he takes time to just show like stuff that's kind of like weird and awkward and you know the other thing i was kind of thinking of is the you know scene where 
uh, you know, Jonathan's at dinner and like, you know, he cuts himself and like, you know, uh, which is a classic Drac- uh, Dracula moment because that, that's in the Bela Lugosi movies when he cuts himself yeah. and he's all like, bloods. Uh, yeah. Although that said, I'm pretty sure in Lugosi's movie, Dracula doesn't uh, actually just go in for the suck. Like, cause in, in this, yeah. <laughs> like, Dracula does grab his hand and start sucking it. It tries to like, yeah. oh, you could have got infected. This was this was the best thing for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, I just love the again, just really like trusting in like you know the actors and stuff, and just kind of letting the scene play out. Whereas I feel like other movies would might feel the need to be like, oh no, we got to show a close up of Jonathan's face as he's horrified, and then zoom in, you know, into like you know grabbing the hand or something. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's it's very restrained, and I think that's kind of what sells restrained. The, that's a good word. The weirdness of like you know when when Jonathan looks out that window and he sees Dracula just loading up the cart with all these coffins, and he's just picking them up as if he's got super strength. Because it just plays out all almost in like just one sort of wide shot, it kind of sells just the absurdity of it and why yeah. it's kind of strange, um, as opposed to like this overproduced kind of moment, um, and it works really well. So um, it's good, uh, and you know, I, I even like simple things like, they don't really go into it because in the in the book, like there's this mysterious like a uh, you know uh, carriage rider, uh, carriage driver who. Who oh, takes true. takes him to the the castle, and it's implied very heavily afterwards that that was actually Dracula in a disguise. In this, mm-hmm. likewise, as a, as a carriage, you know, he's already done a lot of the journey on foot, and this carriage shows up, and they never explain it. They never actually go into it or even hint that it's Dracula. But I mean, I'm kind of assuming it probably was, but it's just kind of there. Yeah. And if you want to think about it, you can think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm just like I'm just. I think that's how it gets away with doing some of the stuff in the book without feeling bloated. Is that it doesn't go? Yeah. It doesn't go down the path of actually feeling the need to explain everything. You know, how did Renfield become the obsessed? You know, uh, Dracula worshiper. You know, yeah, it's explained in the book. It's explained in other movies, but here it doesn't feel the need to do it. It's just a, a factor. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. And again, it just kind of, yeah, is really helps it with giving this feeling of this feels like a real lived in world where, you know, hey, in the real world, you don't know all the answers. You're not privy Mm. to every like, you know, inciting incident and conversation people are having. Like sometimes it feels like, no, we're just going to drop you in and like, you know, you're if you know the source material you maybe you can like you know gather stuff from here but if not like you're just gonna have to kind of like sit back and enjoy it which you know in other movies could be annoying but here it's effective yeah because uh, when harker goes to the his office at the start of the movie and renfield has given him the job to go to transylvania <laughs> he, he giggles like in between like every other sentence and it's kind of like he's already been he's already been taken over dracula's already got his hooks <laughs> into him and it's kind of exciting because he's actually luring Harker, luring Harker into a trap almost. Um, and you feel right there, okay, this is bad. This is bad. You should be concerned about this, Harker. You really should be. But <laughs> here we are. So no. Uh, now Herzog's Nosferatu is a is an extremely moody, bleak vampire movie, and it's totally not sexy at all, which I love. It's, it's not <laughs> yeah. so much that I hate every sexy version of vampires, because I, I don't, there's some good ones. Or arguably, sure, yeah. um, I don't know, what was the sexy vampire story that I like? I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess well, I, think... I, I guess Buffy uh, isn't like, yeah. you know, they have, they have the faces that change. In fact, one of the things that I like about Buffy in terms of, just to compare it, or to relate it to Nosferatu, is that I really like that the master in season one of Buffy 
the whole idea with him is that he's so old that he can't change back to a human face anymore and he looks like Nosferatu mm. that's kind of the, the thing is that yeah. he's so old that he's sort of morphed into like a Nosferatu looking vampire yeah. um, I think that's kind of fun and I'm sure people could probably even say like you know the original like you know Lugosi movie like you know at, at the time we probably think of it as being like you know a little older and stuff but at the time like you know people might have been like oh like you know he's a very handsome man and you know there's kind of like a maybe a, a sex appeal to him and oh, or yeah, it's very just smart. the fact that he's like seducing you know me yeah. and stuff and, and you know because i mean because i wouldn't see your dark sex i wouldn't see let the right one in sexy like i, I feel like <laughs> mo- most of my favorite vampire stories tend to be a bit more on the monstrous side it's like no they're actually scary beings or they're tragic yeah. beings because it goes in your dark they're like there's vampires in that that aren't scary, right? Like you know that that treats it as you know some vampires can be good people. Um, oh, you know, uh, vamp is a vamp is a good sexy one, I guess. Oh sure, but that's really campy though. That's 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 not <laughs> yeah. that's not going for an actual serious movie. Um, but you know, you take your take your twilights and shove them straight up your sparkling assholes. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I want no part yeah. of it. I want no part of it. True Blood as well. True Blood ended up being garbage. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't thought about that, that show in a long time. It, it yeah. really went off the rails. <laughs> it was so true. I mean, I, I didn't really even like season one, but I watched all of season one, and I remember like getting into some of season two and just being kind of like, "This is, this is just really trashy." There's not really a whole lot going on here. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not always opposed to like you know some trashy shows, and I, I would say I. I I don't know how I'd feel if I rewatched it, but at the time I would say I liked the first season, maybe even the second season, but I don't know. I feel like pretty quickly on though, it was just kind of off the rails. I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? Sucker. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> what a weird name. <laughs> Sorry if that's a, a real name, but it's, I, I'd never heard it before. It kind of sounds weird. That's weird. Um, that is a weird name. I, I give you it. Uh, but you know, I'm actually disappointed, Tim. I've not made a, a, enough Buffy references this episode. We're doing a vampire thing, and I've only I, mentioned twice. You think you're disappointed? I don't, I don't think I made. Well, I had like one Castlevania joke, but it went by pretty quick. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't even think I noticed the Castlevania joke. I think uh, I, I mentioned something about. Uh, I think I said the villagers needed a Belmont or something. Oh, okay. I think we kind of skipped past it pretty quick. <laughs> uh, I, I take it you're excited the Belmont's going to be in the next Super Smash Bros. Oh, that was like a. I mean that that made my day when that came out. I I mean I, I'm a huge fan of Smash Brothers, but uh, so I was already going to get anyway. But that just was like holy shit, I can't believe it. And it's like, you know, it it, it was definitely like the kid in me was could not believe like you know holy shit like we're getting a game where like i can play as like solid snake cloud strife mega man or like simon or richter belmont like that is insane uh along with all the nintendo characters which i like of course but you know it, it mm. it's surprising to also have these other characters in this game as well uh it's 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 crazy well, you enjoy that, Tommy. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I will abstain from from Super Smash Bros. Um, and basically Nintendo as a whole. I'm good. All right. Well, I guess if you want to deny yourself uh, the Swedish ple- the Swedish pleasures, the Swedish the Swedish pleasures. What's Sweden got to do with this? I don't know why it kept coming out of Swedish, but <laughs> sure, why not? Um, all right, that's uh, right. It's fantastic to to sort of, yeah. to sort of wrap back. Right, there's been a lot of tangents this episode. Uh, 
So I, I guess we should we should rate the rate the film. Uh, Timmy, what are you going to rate Nosferatu, the vampire, or Phantom Darnact out of ten? Uh, I do like it a lot, and um, in, in general, uh, you know, I like, I think you kind of mentioned it a little earlier, but I, I didn't really weigh in. But I do love Dracula as well. I actually have not read the book. I um, I own it. Actually, I own uh, well, I owned a physical copy and might still be at my house, but I also have. Um, uh, a digital copy on my Kindle as well. I, I never got around to reading it, uh, which uh, hopefully I, I will correct soon. But I no, I love the story of Dracula. I love him as a character, and yeah, he doesn't always have uh, the best movies, uh, but this is definitely one of the good ones. Uh, it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, <clears throat> a high score uh, of eight point five. But I feel like this is only my second time watching it. Maybe I, I feel like I appreciated it even more the first time and i feel like maybe if i watch it again i might appreciate it even more and bump it up a little bit but for right now i'm just gonna stick with the 8.5 yeah straight nine for me i i, I love this movie i this, this this movie made me seek out other herzog movies because i liked it so much um there's a rawness the, to how he covers stuff that just kind of works for me is this the only like horror movie that he's done um i think so Nothing else is sticking out to in my mind. I'll just click. I'll click on his name here and see if anything jumps out at me. But I, no, I think most of his stuff's. Uh, uh, there's definitely elements of horror intention in a lot of his stuff, but I wouldn't say anything else was a horror movie. Jeez, he's he's been making movies for a long time. This is a big. This is a really <laughs> long list. Um, but yeah. Uh, so no, uh, that is that is Nosferatu. This this is one that I've been wanting to do for on the show for a while because uh, I love it so much, and uh, I'm glad we finally did. Glad to could have it as part of the Oktoberthon, which of course is running all month long. Um, so without further ado, we should probably do some do some promoting because it is October, um, and if you're feeling it's, it's tis, tis the season to be to be scary. So if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv and you can support the show, get some, get some stuff early, you can do some various things um, for as little as a dollar a month. And if you can't do that, don't feel too bad. You can, of course, watch the ads on YouTube. That helps us out a lot. Um, like, subscribe, all the usual things. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that is us. That is us. Um... I feel like I feel like there'll probably be more that I want to promote Comic October, but I don't know what I'm going to want to promote in advance. Oh, and Tim's went quiet. Tim Tim's audio's went off. <laughs> He's completely oh, silent. I've, I, oh. I forgot. I, I muted my mic because I coughed earlier, and then I forgot to put it back on. Um, but no, we have the uh, dedicated Twitter, so any promotion. That's can do right. That. Yes, yes, we have a dedicated Twitter now at Screams Midnight. You can check out that. There you go. At Screamers Midnight, get us on Twitter um, for 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 your horror horror needs. Anyway, that is us. Um, so, what's exciting? By the time you see this, we should be really close to the new Halloween movie. So, I'm sure I'm sure hype is higher when you're listening to this. Anyway, that is us. That has been Screams After Midnight. That has been Nosferatu, the Vampire. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we'll see you next time.